Before we go too far, I would like to raise up the class of 2020. Youth Sunday was on our church calendar for today. And on Youth Sunday, we typically celebrate our graduating seniors. And we will at a later date, in person. Seniors, we are so proud of you. And on behalf of your First Press family, congratulations to our graduating seniors. The whole world is with you, seniors. And while we are celebrating with you, we are also grieving with you. You had hoped for a graduation ceremony in person. You wished you could throw your caps in the air with your classmates in the school auditorium. Maybe you prayed secretly to win one of the infamous senior superlatives. For example, most likely to brighten up your day, most likely to save the world, most likely to complain, most likely to preach a sermon on Youth Sunday, and most unforgettable. In honor of our graduates, I thought I would give out some superlatives based on our lectionary passages for today. In our Old Testament reading, the first superlative goes to Moses, most likely to complain. Peter, our beloved disciple, earns most likely to preach the first sermon. And our Acts passage wins the superlative for the most unforgettable story. And today is the perfect day to celebrate it. The most unforgettable story comes from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 21. And I invite you to listen for the word of the Lord. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven, there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them. And a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya, belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. 
No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. It is unforgettable, isn't it? And we wonder, what does this mean? And how is it relevant today? Our Old Testament reading from Numbers chapter 11, also in our Revised Common Lectionary for today, actually helps us to understand our New Testament reading. Love when that happens. The story in Numbers opens up with the Israelites gearing up for a great adventure. Free at last from the chains of slavery, they are headed for the promised land. The Israelites have been wandering through the desert, and on the journey, God provided them with food in the form of manna. Remember, manna means, what is it? And if you're wondering, what is it? In verse 7, manna is described as coriander seed, and it looked like resin. Resin is the sticky substance you get from trees or plants. That was their diet. And while it may have been tasty at first, the people lost their appetite. Moses, their leader, complained, and he was very disturbed. So he went to the Lord. O Lord my God, why have you brought this trouble on me, your servant? What have I done to deserve this? I've got a bunch of people who want to go back to Egypt, and they are sick and tired of manna. The people, it seems, had a case of nostalgia. We used to have real meat, they said. If only we had good food. They remembered the fish they used to eat, the cucumbers, the melons, leeks, onions, and garlic. And the Lord said, fine. And the Lord gave them food, not just for one day or two days or even a week. The Lord gave them food for a whole month until it came out of their nostrils and they loathed it because the scripture tells us they rejected the Lord and they complained. And Moses, their fearless leader, complained on their behalf. Moses went to the Lord again and said, Oh Lord, my God, I've got a big problem now. How on earth are we going to feed 600,000 men on foot? I can't slaughter enough animals to feed them or to go fishing every day for this many people. And the Lord answered, Is my arm too short? And this is how God answered, not by sending them back to Egypt, but by providing Moses with practical help. Moses told the people what the Lord said. He brought 70 elders together around the tent, and the Lord put the spirit on the 70. Here, Moses did not complain that God had provided the outpouring of the spirit. Actually, Moses wished it was for everyone. And this wish, expressed by Moses in the 11th chapter of Numbers, became a prophecy 
by the prophet Joel in the second chapter of Joel, verses 28 and 29. I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions, which Nathan and Wesley sang so beautifully. Now, the minor prophet Joel also deserves a superlative. Minor does not refer to its lesser importance, nor does it mean less inspired. But minor, in this context, means brief. Here's to the prophet Joel, most likely to be brief. Thanks be to God. And that leads us to the most unforgettable story in the Acts of the Apostles. It is 50 days after Jesus' death and resurrection, and his followers, good Jews that they were, gathered in a small group in the upper room where they patiently awaited what had been promised. There were thousands of people milling about in the city of Jerusalem on a Jewish holiday. And as the story goes, it started out pretty non-eventful. Now remember, the ascension has already happened, and Jesus is not with them. And the disciples are in that weird phase. What are we going to do now? As we know, waiting can be difficult. Jesus told them in the first chapter of Acts that they would receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes. And they would be witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. But Jesus didn't say when. And the details on how? Also not shared. But in the second chapter, that's when everything changed. When the Holy Spirit descended upon them on the 50th day after Easter, which is Pentecost. Pentecost means 50, by the way. The Jews in the community thought they were drunk, but they weren't. Peter, bless his soul, stood up to address the issue of drinking and went on to preach his first sermon. Peter even quoted the minor prophet Joel and expounded upon it in verse 21. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone. Do you see what happened? Jesus told the apostles that the pouring of the Spirit would happen, but they didn't know when, where, and how. And when the day of Pentecost finally came, everything changed on that 50th day after Easter. And the way it happened was kind of crazy. They didn't understand it at first, but Peter the former coward who denied Jesus not once, but three times to save his own neck, proclaims the truth that Jesus is Lord. And 3,000, 3,000 accepted his message and were baptized that day. Now that's an unforgettable day. This Pentecost we read about in the Bible seems far-fetched. And the story is, to be honest, kind of awkward for the frozen chosen. And I confess, I can't even imagine what tongues of fire on our heads would look like. Friends, what if we don't read this passage so literally? What if we experience the Holy Spirit in different ways? Maybe not so fiery. I, for one, can totally relate to the God-fearing Jews. Can you? 
They were amazed and perplexed. And they asked one another, what does this mean? Over the past couple of months, under the leadership of our executive presbyter, Darius Baltina, the pastors and lay leaders of Tropical Florida Presbytery have gathered together virtually to talk about how to be the church in the midst of a pandemic. The most recent Tuesday gatherings have been focused on reopening and resuming discussions and how to map the way forward. These gatherings have been helpful in providing space for sharing resources, creative opportunities, celebrations, and even our fears and challenges. At the end of our sessions, we close with a reflection. How do you see God in all of this? And so I'm asking you, my friends, on this day of Pentecost, how do you see God in all of this? How is the spirit moving in and around this place? The list is long, but to name just a few, we have seen the wonders of God through our first responders in Broward County. We have watched children, parents, and teachers adapt in virtual learning environments and have graduated a new class of seniors. Intergenerational families have worked together to make masks for our medical professionals in hospitals and assisted living facilities. Our lay leaders and members are making phone calls to one another, asking how they are doing and offering an ear to those who are lonely. People from all over the world are worshiping God with us in a virtual setting. And we are so glad you are part of our First Press community. We have experienced the real and profound presence of another person in a variety of virtual ways, whether that presence comes through a well-crafted letter, as Paul's presence often did for the ancient churches, or a well-timed phone call, or even a thoughtful email, post, or text. Deanna Thompson, in her book on the virtual body of Christ in a suffering world, shares her story of how the church universal became a tangible agent of grace in her life when she got sick, really sick. In her early 40s, she was diagnosed with stage four cancer and went from being a healthy professor, wife and mother, to an invalid with a grim prognosis for the future. Through the online social network known as Caring Bridge, Deanna found herself surrounded by a cloud of witnesses greater than any she could have previously imagined. Theologian John Thadamanel notes that when we speak about God and share how the spirit is moving, we are heard and overheard by a great cloud of witnesses. And the cloud includes others who are not part of the Christian community. And so I ask you one more time, how is the spirit moving in and around this place? How do you see God in all of this? What is God doing in your life and in others? And are you open to the movement of the Spirit?
I invite you to share your God sightings with others around you and online. And there's more. This is not only an exercise during the pandemic. Today is Pentecost Sunday, and the good news is that the Spirit is very much alive in the here and now of your life, dwelling within you, within me, and within this community. Friends, the Spirit of God is in this place. Thanks be to God. Our closing prayer this morning will be sung by our cathedral choir. And while they are not meeting in person, we are being blessed by hearing them again. I invite you to listen to these sweet, sweet lyrics. Let's pray.
Friends, how do you see God in all of this? Listen and share, and you will be amazed. The Spirit of God is in this place. And as you go, know that you go with the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, now and forevermore. Amen. As is our tradition, go and take the light of Christ into a broken and hurting world. Go in peace.